up, everybody? Welcome back on track to the Black Foundation Podcast. This is your host, the A-Train, coming at you as per the usual. Uh, ready to get kicking today on the recovery operation. Uh, that's the name of the episode for today. Uh, you know, uh, personally, I'm going to talk about my own struggles because uh, that is definitely uh, part of the reason that we have started this foundation, why we started this podcast, uh, to start talking about this stuff because... You know, the fact of the matter is we're not okay, and that's okay. Uh, but we need to be able to talk about it so we can solve that together and and be back on track, right? Before I get started on myself, though, I'm gonna, I want to talk about a message that I got from a close friend of mine. Uh, after the military, actually, we used to work together. Um, she is a veteran. Uh, so is her husband. Uh, her husband is a jarhead like me. Uh, she's an Army vet. Uh, I believe she did combat tours, but I know that her husband did. Uh, his tours were around the same time as ours. Um, I don't remember exactly what unit, but it, it doesn't matter. Either way, um, she she shared with me just some thoughts that she had as she was listening to the podcast and, you know, kind of the descriptions uh, that, that I was describing. And so she kind of... Uh, she sent me what was on her mind about what she felt and um, the things that she experiences. And I want to stop right there and say, guys, if you have something like that, please reach out to, uh, to me on Facebook, uh, whether my personal page or the foundation page. I want to hear that because I want to share that. Um, again, being able to share that is exactly why we're here. So you know, taking that message and spreading out what she's feeling might relate to somebody else. And that person might be able to find the help that they need here because that's why we're here, right? So uh, anyways, uh, let's talk about this message. So uh, she did send a few things. Um, So let me get started here. So what I liked is she described essentially like our inner feelings, if that's what you want to call it, but the way that our brain... Uh, processes uh, the things around us. So she described that with a guitar, you know, and I really like that. Uh, that that speaks to my personal life. I totally understand that. Uh, so she said it's like a guitar, you know, when you're in childhood. Uh, that you know, um, that's that's like getting that guitar for the first time, right? Uh, it's essentially as you're developing through your childhood. Um, You've been handed this guitar, right? And uh, and so as you as you're growing up, you're learning how to play the guitar, right? Uh, and it's in tune. It sounds good. You're learning melodies, right? But here's a problem: we get into the military. We do these combat tours. We go through these moral injuries. We go through. Um, these um, devastating circumstances, um, these life-changing events. All those events are like damaging the guitar and hitting it, uh, dropping it, um, losing it off the back of a truck, you know? Um, and so now it's, it's not in tune. Now it sounds like shit. But... Here's where we're at. Our guitars may be out of tune, but that doesn't mean that we can't retune them and we can't get back on track and we can't learn how to deal with the stuff that we're dealing with. It doesn't mean that 
that there's no hope because we can get that guitar back up in tune and jamming like we should be. That doesn't mean that like it being in tune means that we know how to play it. So just like just like the guitar, we've got to learn how to deal with the things that we are dealing with, and that's okay. The other thing I really liked was her description of PTSD uh, to others. You know, she described PTSD as being, you know, kind of like an aura, uh, like a vibration. Um, essentially like a note that's off key uh, if you're going to stick with a guitar thing, right? Um, so anyways, veterans have this vibration, this note that's off key. So uh, the way that we handle it is we, af- we find these addicting habits because they help to put that specific note in harmony. And it helps to calm that vibration, to calm that aura. It helps us to focus on something else because something in that moment takes our mind off of all the negativity that's there constantly. So to talk more about the habits, there's you know kind of two ways we can look at that. Um, there are obviously addicting habits like um, like drugs and stuff, obviously, um, but then. The addicting habits that we talk about are the ones that we find that that help to calm in the moment, right? So uh, she said that a lot of those have to do with nature uh, because that's, you know, kind of that that chord that just puts that key in note, harmonizes it, makes it feel better, um, eases it. She also gave me two reasons for that, uh, which, you know, I agree with. The first one is probably just a fact of the matter. We're adrenaline junkies. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, if if you're not living your life like that, what's the point in living? I guess. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the habits that we look for are because um, you know they they drive adrenaline, like surfing, snowboarding, uh, skydiving, parachuting, whatever, man. The second part is finding what harmony works for every individual veteran. I love that because, man, that's exactly what I'm here for. Uh, you know, when I started this for Bobby Flack, I mean, I don't know. I kind of had an idea. I, I, I know the shit was fucked up and I wanted to fix it, but I didn't really know. You know, I started this a couple months ago, and, and man, I've met all these incredible foundations, these other people that are doing stuff for veterans. Um, you know, but all of them, they have a very specific habit that they're going towards, or they're, they're very specific towards, like, um, you know, of, uh, you know, PTSD or suicide, mostly. Um, oh, there are also a few vet- um, addiction uh, agencies as well. Um, But the point of the Flack Foundation, what my goals are, are to bring veterans together in areas, to find those veteran businesses, to find those veteran organizations, uh, to find um, also places that veterans can go to to volunteer even if they want to, if that's something that they're looking for, if if they're looking for that purpose in life. So the point of this foundation is to help these organizations find and help 
the veterans that they're looking for and to also help veterans find these organizations that maybe they don't know about that can help them and to help them find new addictions as opposed to what we may or may not resort to. The other thing I really liked was how she hit on service dogs. Um, man, she uh, she really described that way better than, than I even understood it, really. Um, so the way that she described service dogs um, is that you got to look at, at the way that the military teaches us. You know, when you get into the military, um, you're taught to put your feelings in a box, and you don't open that box because that kills you. Um, essentially, essentially, though, like feelings, anything like that, any kind of vulnerability is the way to describe it. Um, if, if vulnerability is essentially the recipe for disaster, that's that's how you get killed. Guys, look, that's just a fact of the matter. Uh, we're, we're not going to clean up war. Uh, let's just go ahead and put that on the table. This is always going to be an issue as long as humans suck and we go to wars to fight off the bad people. No matter how you look at that, at the end of the day, you're still training humans to go and kill other humans and to be killed. So... It's easy to understand how that training gets us out of the military, and and we don't know how to deal with any sense of feeling. Uh, even with family, we shut down. We are flat. We have no emotion. We have no sympathy. We we expect you to do what you're supposed to do with no gratitude, because in the military you don't get told a good job. Because uh, what is a good job? Um, you know that's. God, that's like field day, you know? Either way, the way that that we interact with dogs is different than humans. The reason for that is because dogs don't speak English, so they don't understand exactly what you're saying. If you look at the dog and you talk to them, I mean, maybe what you're saying is positive, but you say it very negatively. They take that as a negative emotion. They don't. They don't take that as praise. In order to train a dog accurately, you you have to praise them. You have to tell them good job. You have to 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 love on them. Essentially, that is what helps that concrete wall in our mind shutting down all that emotion. That is why service dogs are, are so key to our healing because it, it helps veterans to find that emotion they don't know how to find or, or how to use or how to describe or, you know, any of that stupid shit, right? I mean, that's what we say. But we look at dogs and eh, things, a little bit, things are a little bit different there. And it's it's because of that type of interaction it teaches us how to how to resolve some of those issues that we're dealing with mentally. We're we're retraining our mind to the way that it, it should be operating. So to get back on track, 
uh, for the point of this episode. This is the recovery operation. Um, it is my personal recovery that I'm going to share with you guys. Um, you know, just to, I guess, start the talk. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess my first issue uh, when I started dealing with, you know, PTSD or whatever, um, <clears throat> I started drinking heavy after uh, my Afghanistan tour. Um, you know, when I got back from that, uh, honestly, I just straight hated life. Um, you know, I was pissed off about a lot of the stuff that went on in Iraq. I was pissed off about a lot of the political games we were playing. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it was almost funny how we were more afraid about, you know, ending up in jail back at home than actually being killed by the by the Iraqis. Um, uh, but as far as Afghanistan, that was a little bit harder tour. Um, you know, we lost some Marines, uh, specifically one that I was really, cl really close to um, between the tours. Um, you know, uh, also uh, uh, our Sergeant Major, who was uh, uh, who was like uh, a dad to a lot of us, honestly. Um, uh, he w he was wounded in action. Um, you know, uh, and fortunately, the uh, uh, the guy that I looked up to was uh, one of the guys that saved his life. Um, you know, and he's the reason why he's still here. Either way, uh, you know, kind of rambling on that deployment fact is, uh, you know, when I got back from Afghanistan, uh, you know, I hated life. I hated being around. I hated what I was going through in, in my relationship at the time. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, I, I wasn't even really mad. I was almost kind of impressed uh, because, you know, she saw more cock and balls than I did, and we lived in tents taking field showers, so that's impressive. Either way, that was when I started uh, not sleeping, so stop sleeping. Um, you know, uh, night was like a terror to me um, because all I did was think and all I did was sit up, and I was always on edge uh, until I started drinking a little bit. You know, I, I turned 21 on my Afghanistan tour, uh, so, you know, I could drink when we got back. I could buy alcohol now. Um, and, you know, I used that as an escape, honestly. It, it was a way that I could fall asleep, you know. If, at first, I could drink a couple beers, and I'd take a nice nap after that uh, until it got to the point to where that wasn't enough, and it switched to liquor and stuff, and, you know, that was, uh, I mean, that's what I used to escape. Uh, obviously, the issue with that is you can only drink so much before you start showing up to formation drunk, um, and, and pretty damn hungover smelling like uh, like you took your last swig before you uh, stepped into formation, you know. Either way, uh, you know, when my gunny um, kind of got that, uh, he took me into his office. He sent me to SARPS after we had a long talk. Um, you know, that was a substance abuse thing uh, with the battalion or whatever, and, you know, it's pretty much AA, I guess. Um, either way, you know, after that, uh, you know, obviously I was seeking help medically uh, since I wasn't using the alcohol anymore. Uh, boy, that was uh, that was a fucked up experience. Uh, they started me on everything from like Seroquel to Ambien and all this other shit, right? Um, 
you know, pretty much I was like a zombie walking around. Uh, and then with Ambien, uh, I, I, I still had my night terrors, but it was like on repeat. I didn't wake up from it. So I might have slept like seven, eight hours, but, you know, it sucked. So, uh, anyways, you know, after that, you know, I got clean for a little while, um, and then I kind of went back and forth, and I, I think that I was doing what a lot of veterans do. Uh, you know, I went through stages in life where, you know, for the most part, uh, I would say, hey, you know, um, you know, as long as I hold it like a beer or two, you know, a drink or two, whatever, it's all good. I can control myself. It's when I drink one too many that I drink way too much. And, um, you know, I, I suffer those consequences. Uh, and that usually leads to stages where I continue to drink like that after I've done that once. Uh, so, anyway, I guess the last time I did that, um, my wake-up call was, uh, you know, I had like a few days of a really bad drinking episode. And, um and you know, to be honest, uh, I was I was uh, planning on committing suicide that night, and uh, you know, I um, I was sitting on a uh, on uh, like a train track overpass, if you want to call that, uh, over a street, um, and I was sitting on the edge, and I had uh, I thought about just jumping off in front of the next car that was coming. That would definitely take me out. Um, but what, what ended up happening was, you know, uh, in my drunken stupor, I, uh, I fell asleep on those train tracks and, you know, thankfully no trains came, I guess. Uh, but either way I woke up, you know, and then I, I, I started getting the help that I needed. Um, that's when I first got help from the substance abuse clinic that I received a lot of my care through, and that's uh, where I met uh, the one counselor who has, uh, you know, honestly, she saved my life then. I, I know that I mentioned that before, um, but, you know, when I met her, um, she was nice, uh, but not too nice. She wasn't fake. Uh, she was very real, um, and it took a while for me to open up. You know, I, I played the same gimmick that all veterans play. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, whatever you say, ma'am. Um, you know, and honestly, I, I would just feed the bullshit to, to get done with the appointment. Um, but she saw through that, and she was honest with me about it. And, you know, she helped me find that honesty with myself about the issues that I was struggling with, um, to be able to say that I was dealing with those kind of addictions, um, you know, to... to you know, talk about, like, that escapism, too. Um, and, you know, what was wild is after we became, you know, closer in our relationship, you know, it, it became like um, like a relationship at that point instead of just an acquaintance. Uh, what she started then, uh, she, she introduced mindful meditation. Yeah, you would want to talk about some weird-ass shit that I was not go for at all. That was it. Um, that sounded like, you know, that that honestly sounded like the weirdest pussy shit that you could come up with um, and, and tell me that that was going to help out with, with something that I felt like was a whole lot more manly than that. 
Um, yeah, that was a that was a slap in the face there. Uh, that helped me wake up a lot. Um, you know, when I when I started doing that mindful meditation with her in her office, you know, uh, the first time that I really like, you know, tried to shut down. Um, that's when I learned the significance of it, because you're trying to shut the brain down in meditation, right? <laughs> but that's the same thing we're doing with all these addictions, guys. That's the same thing we're doing. Like when I talked about surfing, that's the same thing I do when I go surfing. I completely shut down mentally. I'm focused on that second, and that's it. It's the same thing with mindful meditation. So, you know, when you treat it like that and you think about it like that, it makes it a little bit easier. And what I like about it is that I don't have to be where I need to get that addiction out. So I, I don't need to be at the ocean in order to get out. You know, I can, I can do that at my house. So after that, things are straight for a while. You know, uh, I was doing good. Uh, I was going to meetings with her pretty often, you know. Uh, I was going through college, finished up my bachelor's degree. Um, you know, some great things. Even got engaged um, to, you know, who's now my wife. Um, you know, I got engaged to a really hot chick. Um, I don't know what the hell she saw in me. She wasn't a stripper or married or with kids. So, um, you know, that didn't make sense that, that I could nail somebody like that. So kudos to me. Um, anyways. Point, point of the story, though, is that uh, that's not where my story stops. And that's okay because that's also what we're doing here at the Flack Foundation. Because the shit that we've gone through before in the military isn't the only thing that's affecting us. <laughs> that's just the start of where we got thrown off track and we started going down this bumpy dirt road. And our life experience after the military especially when it's negative, we, we have a significant impact that, you know, it makes it hard to, to overcome what may be more overcomable to other people, but at the same time, maybe it, maybe it makes you stronger. So anyways, point of what I'm trying to say was, uh, you know, before we got married, when we were still engaged, uh, you know, we were driving home from dinner one night. Um, you know, I mean, I, I drank plenty, but she was driving. Um, either way, uh, it started raining on the way home. It was dark. Uh, we hit a deer on the road. Uh, we hydroplaned off the road uh, and onto the driver's side. Um, you know, being who I am, you know, I guess uh, I reached over. I pushed her back into her seat. Try to grab the steering wheel and get us back on the road or at least, you know, out of the wood line that we were heading into. Um, didn't do that successfully. Hit, like, the last tree before an opening. Of course, the last one hit, and it always the last one. Uh, but I hit the last tree before an opening, and due to my positioning, since I was kind of, you know, in between the two airbags, uh, I hit my head on the, on the dashboard. Um, so that sucked. Uh, but, you know, I guess what sucked more was that, uh, my, my heart stopped beating and stuff. So, like, my wife pulled me out, started that whole CPR thing. Um, you know, uh, after that I ended up at the hospital. Um, and, uh, and from there, 
you know, uh, when they did, like, the MRIs and stuff, they kind of, uh, they pointed out to my wife, like, a lot of, a lot of the head injuries that I had sustained and, you know, um, including the significant one that I sustained from that impact. Uh, regardless, though, you know, I've, I've really made some tremendous um, outcomes out of that, I guess. Um, but the, the point of that was, uh, you know, I, I damaged the front part of my brain, right? Because that has a lot to do with your, uh, a lot of personality, memory, and stuff like that. So they told me I wasn't going to remember anything ever. Um, you know, they also uh, told me I would probably never play guitar and sing anything that I played before, let alone uh, learn something new. Um, so I just want any of those doctors, if they happen to be listening to this, I want you to know that that intro today, uh, I completely made that up just for fun. So screw all you guys. Uh, anyways, um, when I got out of the hospital, you know, I forgot a lot. I forgot what I'd been through. I forgot about my life. I forgot, you know, the people that mattered. Um, and, you know, I had a picture of my friend Chris who passed away in Afghanistan. And I, I've always kept a picture of him. Uh, on my on my uh, nightstand, right next to my side of the bed, you know that way when when I wake up, uh, when I'm you know getting my uh, my wallet and all that stuff together, you know I, I take a moment to to look at him, remember you know why I'm here, how we have the opportunities that we do because of him. Um, I don't know, maybe that's just how I deal with 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 losing somebody, but. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I remember looking at that picture, not understanding why, and I remember on his anniversary, which was pretty soon after I got after, out of the hospital, you know, I uh, I started remembering um, all of the stuff that I went through. Uh, I started remembering um, the people that I lost, and um, you know, that was hard. It was, it was hard to forget everything and feel like you're trying to remember. Um, there was also a rise in, like, those symptoms, uh, you know, especially, like, this feeling of uselessness. Um, you know, I, uh, I dealt with a rise in my, like, suicidal ideations, you know, uh, which, which is normal, I guess, with the whole brain injury thing, whatever they say, so... Um, either way, though, you know, um, that, uh, that brought along my, uh, my next suicide attempt, which was, uh, you know, actually here in my house, uh, before my wedding, um, but, uh, you know, I, um, I, uh, I was, I was attempting suicide when, uh, when my fiance stopped me. And uh, so that kept me from that, which is cool. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that would kind of suck if I was dead. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of my own struggle. And then uh, after I was coming out of that, you know, uh, I kind of remembered a lot of my friends that have lost to suicide and stuff. And a lot of our friends, especially from that Afghanistan tour, uh, a lot of those Marines, um, we have lost. Um, early due uh, to addiction, suicide, and things like that. Um, 
And you know that's what uh, that's what brought Bobby Flack up uh, this past year. That's that's what made that so significant to me because he was the third Marine from that deployment unit uh, that we lost in I think a week uh, this past summer. The third in a week. That's that's three too many. But either way, you know, I lost one of the Marines that I was I was closest to. I mean, when I think about my service, like there's probably like ten, fifteen guys that I that I think about, but you know, Bobby was definitely, absolutely one of those guys. So I took that hard, and I was, uh, I felt lost at first, um, but, I, you know, I guess that, that anger that I felt in that moment with everything going on, uh, with losing him, with having just made a post about the other Marine that I, that I was friends with that died, and then I found out about Bobby right after that. And, uh, you know, that it pissed me off. It wanted me to make a difference. And that's, that's what brings me here. That's why I'm standing in front of this microphone, making myself, making myself sound like a clown uh, for all you people. Um... You know, one more thing I want to share about my story, which I, I think is important, um, which which explains uh, PTSD in a way, uh, you know, maybe mine. But, you know, for me, I felt lost. I felt like I wasn't able to be saved. Uh, you know, when, like, my grandma would preach about, like, praying for forgiveness, you know, I'd be like, for what? There's <laughs> There's no way. But regardless of what you think there, the, the important part is learning how to, how to forgive yourself. How to save yourself. So when you think that you can't be saved, uh, you aren't making that effort to save yourself, are you? So instead of asking ourselves, who the fuck cares if I'm gone? then we can start asking the question, who the fuck loses if I'm gone? Because in the moment, it's easy to think it'll be easier to be gone than living a constant, never-ending nightmare. But it's not entirely true. Sometimes we, we need that purpose through other people. Another thing I want to point out is, you know, uh, something that really stood out to me that I, I kind of heard lately. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely something that I've experienced um, a lot of my life. It's, it's called an invalidating environment. So uh, what, what does that mean? That means that essentially the environment that you were in invalidates bad feelings. So, like, you know, when, when you're upset about something, like saying, ah, oh, quit crying, it's fine, it's not that bad. 
those are all invalidating statements that that we may say. But what I, what I really want to hit on with that is that I want you guys to realize that sometimes it's okay to say, man, that really sucks. That's the way to respond because, you know, uh, trying to come up with some answer, some fix to this problem that a veteran may be dealing with isn't, isn't to come up with some invalidating answer to, to make it sound not so bad. It is fucking bad. It's bad. It's okay. Let it be bad. Let them have their minute. Because if they're having a minute, then they're learning how to express themselves, and that's okay. We, we need to be pushing that. And, and we need to be talking about healthy ways to do that. So, anyways, here we are. Um, you know, that's my story. Uh, that's what I've been through. That's what I've experienced. Um, you know, I, I, I plan to share that um, in every way that I can um, to help other people if that's what it does. Um, so, hey, look, if, if you're out there and you're listening, um, if you need help, please let me know. Uh, I, I can help you find what you need. And, and I can talk to you and I can understand um, and hey, look, if, if you don't think that you're dealing with any of this and it's all gravy for you, that's cool. But, you know, what, what you can do is you can still help out here. You can still show up. You can still be there for your other veterans. And who knows, maybe just, just be in the ear. Because the fact of the matter is that we have a very tight connection between veterans because we've all served we talk a lot of shit amongst ourselves but we've all served and so now that we're back and we're out of combat it's time to serve in a different way ladies and gentlemen so so that's gonna be a wrap for today Uh, gonna check out lights out here Uh, so you guys take it easy Uh, this is the least that I can do for flag's sake